and welcome back to Baseball Connection. So we have plenty of trades to discuss. Some big trades, some eyebrow-raising trades. Let's start with the most recent one. That is a Red Sox-Yankees trade. This is the eyebrow-raising trade because, not because it's a bad deal or anything, but simply because the Red Sox and Yankees rarely trade with each other. I mean, these are two rival teams in the same division. These are historic rivals, and they don't trade with each other very often, but we just saw the Yankees acquire outfielder Alex Verdugo from the Red Sox on Tuesday evening. And in exchange, the Red Sox got three right-handed pitchers. All three of them are minor league arms, with only one of them having any major league time. So Verdugo is obviously the, I mean, he's the prize in this deal because he's the everyday major leaguer. The Yankees said they needed left-handed hitting outfielders, you know, two outfielders. Um, well, he said two outfielders to join Aaron Judge, preferably left-handed hitters. So they've got one of them, and they're getting Alex Verdugo. So Alex Verdugo was coming off a year in Boston where he had a 100 OPS+, plus, 37 doubles, 5 triples, 13 homers, and 54 RBIs in 142 games. He played all 142 games in right field for Boston. So over seven years in the big leagues, you know, he's put together – Pretty decent numbers. A couple years with the Dodgers, now some years with the Red Sox. He's a career 281 hitter with a, doing a quick math, 765 OPS is what you're getting from Alex Verdugo. 57 homers in his career. So they're hoping he can bolster an offense that ranked 25th in the majors. In runs scored last season. You simply need to score more runs. Obviously, you have to score runs to win games. You have to score more runs than your opponent. But the Yankees historically are known for doing that pretty well. 2023, they did not. They were one of the worst teams in baseball offensively. And they struggled heavily in that two-month stretch where Aaron Judge was out due to injury. So Verdugo also has a good glove. You know, he was a gold glove finalist. And he's also played left field and center field in his career. He can move around the outfield, so and they're probably going to do that. Knowing the Yankees is a team that's put Aaron Judge in center field, so they'll definitely be comfortable throwing Verdugo in center field if they have to. But this is just the eighth trade between the Yankees and Red Sox in the divisional era. That means since 1969, so in the last you know 54 years. It's just the eighth time these teams have traded. And Brian Cashman has often said he felt deals with Boston were largely forbidden, but he did it. Uh, yeah, he did it. That's just, sometimes it's a business deal. You got to do what you got to do. So Alex Verdugo will be leaving the Boston Red Sox. And all the questions, what's Boston going to do to replace this guy? Obviously, the, the offseason is, you know, is just kicking into, into the meat of things. But they're going to have to figure out a way to replace him. You know, could they go ahead and be on the, get on the trade market, sign a free agent? Obviously, Juan Soto's name has been in the trade rumors for New York. Same thing with Cody Bellinger as a free agent. Could, you know, Boston go with one of those guys? Right now, Boston has a couple lefties. You know, Masaka Yoshida is going to be in there every day. Jaron Duran has proven he can play every day. So they have a couple guys in-house. And then another guy by the name of Willier Abreu, who's on the roster as well. It, but it does leave a vacancy in right field. I mean, you're probably not going to throw out that trio. They're probably going to look to free agency or the trade market if if I was being serious. I mean, if, if the Red Sox 
truly want to contend and as a big market team, they're always one offseason away from doing so if they choose to. They'll go out and get an established major leaguer, not just some fill-in. And they'll get an established major leaguer. Yeah, that's what they'll do. But, uh, yeah, so moving on. In other news, in other news, you've got the Braves acquiring Jared Kelnick, Marco Gonzalez, and Evan White from the Mariners. This was just the other day. And that's going to be Seattle receiving Jackson Cower and Cole Phillips in return. So Jared Kelnick headlines this deal. Someone who was highly touted as a rookie, you know, uh, as a prospect as well. Sixth overall pick in 2018. Former consensus top five prospect in baseball. You know, had a brutal start to his career. Put together a solid campaign in 2023 as their regular left fielder. You know, yeah, pretty solid. And this was his career best season in the majors. He had a weight runs created plus of 108. But even with that performance, he had some red flags. I mean, he, he walked above average at a 10% clip, but his strikeout rate was way too high, 32% strikeout rate. I mean, that ranked him in just the seventh percentile among qualified hitters. And his overall profile, you know, his, sorry, his overall slash line benefited from his batting average on balls in play. He had 359 BABIP. So considerably hot to start the year in April and then slash pretty mediocre numbers the rest of the way. But it is worth noting, He's going to play next season at just age 24. So he's still very young. Still very young and hasn't reached his potential yet. So that's what the Braves are hoping for. They're hoping to tap into that potential. And yeah, so to acquire Kelnick, they have to take on the salaries of both Marco Gonzalez and Evan White, also coming over from the Mariners. Gonzalez owed $12.25 million next year, and Evan White's owed $7 million in 2024 as well. So... I mean, some of these guys, like Marco Gonzalez is a pitcher, you know, he's going to find a way to get into that rotation. He, he really will. The Braves go through a lot of arms every year. It's Evan White, though. He's 27, you know, first baseman. He does not figure to be a contributor to the Braves at all. I mean, his career line, in the major, he's a career 165 hitter in the majors. And he hasn't appeared in the big league since May 2021. And over the past two seasons, he's appeared in just 30 professional games, and that's at the A level. He's been injured a lot. So he's just some fodder for this trade, quite frankly. You don't expect him to play at all in Atlanta unless someone gets hurt or something. So, yeah, I mean, that's the deal you know, for Atlanta. I think Kelnick will find a way into the outfield, and we'll see if he, if he continues to improve. Because 2023 was improvement over previous years for him. Like I said, he's going to be just 24 years old. So, yeah, he's going to have a, a pretty good shot at at carving a name for himself because Atlanta will give him a chance. In other news, the MLB draft lottery was held. The second ever MLB draft lottery is conducted at the winter meetings this week. And the Guardians were surprisingly awarded the first overall pick, followed by the Reds and Rockies. So Cleveland entered the event with just a 2% chance of securing that number one pick. And they got it. They got it. So the first round, the top 10 picks would be the Guardians, Reds, Rockies, Athletics, White Sox, Royals, Cardinals, Angels, Pirates, Nationals. Those will be the top 10 picks in the 2024 MLB draft. So, I mean, part of this was to reduce tanking. You know, it's reduce the incentive for tanking. So the latest CBA introduced a lottery to determine the top six overall selection. So just because you finished last doesn't mean you're going to get number one overall pick anymore. That's how it was for the longest time. That's not going to be the case anymore. It just means your odds will be higher. So the A's had the highest chance. 
of getting number one overall pick, but they didn't get it. Uh, you know, 18, the A's, Royals, and Rockies actually each had 18.3% chance of getting the overall pick. Cleveland only had a 2% pick, but hey, the, the lottery landed in their favor, and now they'll have the number one pick. And the lottery only comes into play for the first round of the draft. So from the second round onwards, it is back to inverse order of the prior season standings. So that's the way it's going to be. But for the first round, it's going to be based on the way those, at least in the NBA, they use ping pong balls. I don't, I don't know if they did that for baseball, but it's a lottery nonetheless. In other news, the Orioles are seriously engaged on Craig Kimbrell, free agent reliever Craig Kimbrell. They're trying to compensate for the loss of Felix Bautista. So that would be a huge pickup for Baltimore. You know, playoff team had Felix Bautista most of the year shutting things down. He's out with a UCL injury. We'll see. We'll see if they can do that. They need to find a way to replace that. You know, last week we talked about Jackson Trujillo potentially signing a deal with the Brewers, and he's done so. They've signed Trujillo to an eight-year, $82 million deal. This guy has not played a day in the big leagues. It's the largest ever deal offered to a player before they've made their major league debut. It surpasses the six years, $50 million guarantee the White Sox gave Luis Robert Jr. So it's eight years, $82 million. So Jackson Trujillo is consensus top three prospect in baseball, number two by most publications. Jackson Holiday is ranked above him. He's number one in most publications. But Jackson Trujillo is number two. And what you're getting with him is power-speed combination, right? Power-speed home run, stolen bases. So obviously, they're not going to pay this guy $82 million and send him down to the minor. He's going to be he's, he's going to be the everyday center fielder. I know their publication saying is not guaranteed, but trust me, he's, he's going to be the everyday center fielder from day one. So Christian Yelich will get their everyday ABs in left field or DH, and then that leaves two spots for guys like Garrett, Garrett Mitchell, Joey Weimer, Blake Perkins, etc. Only Garrett Mitchell in that group posted an above-average season offensively by way to runs created plus. So that leaves plenty of room for Trujillo. It's not like those other guys have spots penciled in, really. So Trujillo will likely be on that. He'll be the everyday center fielder. I'm, I'm calling it right here. So $82 million you know, is the guarantee here. Eight years, $82 million. It's, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for someone who's never played in the big leagues. I mean, it's $10 million a year for the next eight years. So it could blow up in their face, but hey, it, this could be someone like Ronald Acuna Jr., Ozzy Albies. These guys became all-stars on very club-friendly deals. And now the Braves are enjoying that production for very cheap. So this is the this is the Brewers' attempt at doing that so they don't lose somebody when they get priced out later down the line. Like they lost Josh Hader. They didn't feel like it was worth paying him that much money. So that is that's 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 the roundup. A lot going on in the baseball world. You know, obviously the biggest domino is the Shohei Otani. He's been meeting with teams, met with the Dodgers recently, met with other teams. And uh yeah, I mean, we don't know where where that domino is gonna fall, but it's going to happen eventually. He's gonna pick a team eventually. So we'll keep an eye eye on that thing. And this is where we stand right now. So if you enjoyed this, please share with someone who'd be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.